Welcome everyone to This Week in CLG. My name is Miss Harvey and I'm joined with Elias and Slicer, also known as Chris. Hi everyone! Hello! How are Hello. you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm both at the same time. Uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> Super excited to be here. I see that you got your morning coffee. Uh, yep. Ready, yep. ready to be on the show. I have three drinks in front of me, so I can feel the Monday, the Monday morning pressure as well. Uh, super excited to have you both on the show, Chris. It's not your first time, but it's like for the amount of time you've been at CLG, is you should be on the show more often. I think it's it might be like wait, your I, third time. I, I wait, I said that this was my I first time. I I thought this was my first time. I, really? I feel like you might have been here once. You, you think that it's your first time? Yeah, this is definitely my first time. Oh my god, I can't believe this. This is your first time. You're like a CLG uh, historian. That's how we call it. And you it's your first time on this week in CLG. Uh, and uh, Elias, you're also on your first time. <laughs> yeah, cer certainly, my first time. certainly my first time. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, very excited to be on here. Um, I, I, you know. I'm used to shit posting in the chat, so it's nice to, to have a camera on me. Now it's all about people at home shit posting in the chat. Exactly. Do Elias. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so real quick, we're gonna do a little bit of introduction before we jump into our podcast. Uh, super excited to have you on board the Sukin CLG episode 13, powered by Spectrum, and. Let's start with Chris. Chris, I said that you've been here for a long time, but what is exactly your role now? Because you changed role at CLG like 15 times. <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, I'm helping with like merch and community and like, like whatever I need to fill in, like events, I guess. Um, but I've, yeah, I've been at CLG for I think five and a half years now. And uh, wow. I've done... A lot of different things. Of so, so, I've been half. I feel like you got my visa in 2015. Yeah, I guess I, yeah. I feel like I don't count. So, I technically started in October of 2015, ah, but I was like remote okay. and I wasn't really working. I don't know. I feel like I wasn't working full time. So, I, I didn't actually come to LA until January of 2016. Okay, that's why. Okay, okay. I count it, but you're like, oh, it was part-time, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Elias, you have also multiple hats, and that's why you're kind of here. First of all, you're a CLG super fan. I am. I am. That's I've been a fan of CLG. <laughs> exactly. I'd hope so. Um yeah, no, I've been a fan of CLG since uh, League started. I learned League of Legends through watching CLG. Uh, there was a very hype game on a stream, uh, and there were two teams playing, and one team had a little uh, Vampire Hunter crossbow player, uh, and then a big rock man in front of them, and then it helped me understand, oh, in League of Legends, big rock have to be in front of crossbow person, and that was hotshot in front of double lift, and it all started making sense from there, and so I just started, you know, I watched my first League of Game was a CLG game, and I've been following him ever since. Oh, that's really, really cool. But that's not how you do. You also have two other hats that we want to talk about a little bit more later today. One of the hats is a riot, and 
the other ads was on players. That's right. Uh, I recently uh, was fortunate enough to uh, produce and write on uh, players, uh, now on Paramount Plus, uh, which is a little uh, mockumentary love letter to League Esports. And uh, it was all the years of being a CLG fan that prepared me for that. <laughs> CLG fans are not, uh, how can I say that? They're not the most uh oh my god i'm trying to find the right words in english we haven't been giving a lot of love recently let's yes. just say let's just say it that way it's very been, resilient it's been <laughs> but the good news is that we're still here and uh we're, we're still doing doing great things uh and so i see that people in chat are already asking question asking question one question from danielle you might know who that is yeah uh, i might know who that is <laughs> your favorite kind of bird and i want to ask right now i don't even want to go through the runner show yet why is she saying that is that a troll between you and I, her no it's not it's not a troll question i am a a, a, a bird watching hobbyist i really like birds nice. um yeah and uh my favorite bird is a uh, uh dracula parrot uh there are these gorgeous yeah, parrots that right have now. giant red puffy chests and they they look like dracula it's cool and i'm into vampire yeah, stuff they look awesome um oh my really, God. Really, in... yeah they're gorgeous oh, wow. you look them up they're so cool uh really evil, interesting birds evil crow yeah, yeah. they, they have such really a cool vibe beaks. to them mm -hmm. usually uh, parrots have like giant beaks but these are like they're almost like ravens yeah. with like like a red they're um i think chest. they're exclusive to new guinea and it's thankfully they haven't had to evolve big beaks because uh they they have like really soft fruits that they eat and that's it um i could go on uh <laughs> i really like i think they're cool but yeah it wasn't a troll question i'm really into birds i think they're really cool well this is really fun to learn i, I had no idea my dad was a how do you say that in English? Like someone that loves the birds, and uh, we used to have like books and stuff, and, and like hunt birds. Yeah, he's in a the bird forest. watcher. Bird watcher, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. All right. So how the show works, Elias, is we talk about what happened last week first. Mm -hmm. Lots of things happen. Uh, I'm gonna keep League of Legend at the last at the end because we got other news coming in from a CLG last week. First of all, we announced a brand new CSGO roster. So I don't know if you follow CSGO at all. Are you a fan of that genre, FPS? Uh, I, I will only tune in for CSGO Red stuff. Um, yes. I, I, I'm, uh, yeah, it's, I exclusively tune in, tune in for CSGO Red stuff. Uh, so I was excited to see the new lineup. Um, CSGO Red is obviously like, like so successful in the tournaments that they compete in and it gets really exciting and i get hyped up when they get to compete so i'm excited for the new roster oh that's really cool so we did announce a new roster with a french player and uh coyote and an australian player bbion and they both uh started their debut last night and we also announced mads mads an uh, american um, and we announced we they've been their debut this weekend for the esc cash cup the first cup that they played together they finished first undefeated. They didn't lose any map, even though the last map was an overtime on Ancient. 
Uh, Chris, did you have uh, the chance to watch some of the games this weekend? No, I actually did not. Uh, My internet at home was down. So, (laughs) yeah, I had very limited bandwidth. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's true. That's true. Uh, You might know or not know that we also announced two Fortnite players last week. We announced a bunch of things. Two Fortnite players last week, and they competed this weekend on the FNCS uh, Season 3, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, on the East Coast, and Adris finished fifth. So he won $40,000 with his duo, wow. so securing $20,000 for himself. And then our other player, Clarity, finished 19. So really proud of them. That was a really, really cool thing. Did you know that Fortnite still does like these crazy, almost like weekly cash things where kids win so much money <laughs> i tangentially knew that um but it's always such a like a stark reminder uh yeah. when uh you can finish you know like you finish top 10 and the the prize pool is ginormous but in comparison to other esports anyway it's incredible yeah and that was just on the east coast there was also a west coast bracket and european and etc etc so my god uh it's a pretty i want to say healthy and competitive circuit but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like you don't hear much about it because uh, it happens yeah. every week and it becomes like normal. Yeah, you know, like. Um, and so the last piece of news I want to talk about is obviously our LCS roster played this weekend. Uh, it was a super week. We had to play three matches. I really believed in the top two. I, I think that if we had won, all our match, all our games, uh, we could have made it to top two in a tiebreaker. But unfortunately, we lost the first two versus, uh, I think it was TSM, the first one. And then the second one yeah. was um, 100, 100 teams. teams. We beat, yeah. yeah, we beat, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking out. I, I am Immortals. Too. Immortals. Immortals. We beat Immortals. Uh, and then they had to, uh, that means we were two and one. So after all the tiebreakers and whatnot between FlyQuest and C9 and then EG picking the teams they wanted to play, this is what the playoffs brackets are going to look like. Um, as you can see, we will be playing C9 first uh, because FlyQuest lost to C9, so everyone was kind of happy they had to dodge Team Liquid. Team Liquid, but I'm not going to lie, I would be also thinking that playing CLG with the current roster that we have right now is the crazy one. Um, although C9 does always really well in playoffs, so that's going to be a really tough best of five for us. Um, and the winner is going to play EG. The loser is going to go to play Golden Guardian, uh, who finished last in the playoffs uh, rankings. Are you guys excited for some of these games? Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. This has felt like uh, one of the more competitive runs for the LCS uh, among mm-hmm. all teams. Um, and I do think CLG plays a lot into that, like the narrative of it, because uh, in spring, the story was like, these are the teams that spend like Disney amount of money. And these are the teams that don't. And the fact that they're all like trading punches makes for such an exciting playoff bracket. I'm really excited for the road to Chicago. Me too. I think uh, obviously just having CLG be able to win games feels already amazing. <laughs> but being like yeah. one of the top team in the league at the moment is, Chris, 
the historian, I feel that we haven't felt that since 2016. Like I haven't, I haven't watched a CLG game and thinking, hey, we're about to win this game without like shitting my pants or thinking now we're just going to lose anyway. You know, like it feels different right now. I think, I mean, there was like, we did have the 2019 summer run as well, which is kind of very similar because uh, we like added in Ruin, like one player difference. They had like a Korean boot camp where they kind of bonded. Um, so like almost very similar like storylines. I think even the score, actually, no, we're one off. I think we were 12 and six that split. But Dude, I don't yeah, remember I mean, split. it was like with a, a like Power a of Evil movie. Ruin. Yeah. Uh, I think like COVID also kind of like, you know, messed with timelines and our, uh -huh. but yeah, that was like the one split since I think franchising where we had like a winning record and we're a top team at the same time. Oh, I remember that split. I, that's, that was between me competitive CS and, and changing role. That's why I wasn't on CLG for like a couple months. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay okay good stuff good stuff that's why you're you're the historian and not me i i forget everything uh so those were what happened last week all exciting stuff and then but this week we talk players with one of the producers slash writer and one of the clg historian who watched the show first of all i have Full disclaimer, I have not watched it but i i knew you were going to be on the show a couple of weeks ago and i could have watched it but uh, I felt that it could have been, it, it would be interesting to have someone who's never watched it and have someone yeah. who's watched it. So, since Chris watched it, I thought, okay, so I'm not going to watch it. I'll be like the, 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 the dummy that like kind of asks questions without knowing kind of what the show is about. Uh, and that way Chris can like really dive in with you. Um, why don't we start with just talking about what Player Plus players is uh i don't know why i put a plus there i think it's because uh because of paramount plus okay so let's just what is players Play players is a uh mockumentary about a fictional team in the lcs uh that um it goes through the journey of essentially a young prodigy ad carry and a kind of big-headed veteran support uh and it's their journey uh finding out if they can resolve their ego issues and uh come together for uh, a team that they both uh love um and that's you know generally the premise it's uh a large part it is the comedy of esports in general even if you're inside of esports you know it can be so silly and ridiculous uh, and then the other part of it is um, it's a love story. It's, a you know, uh, one of the things the creators really gravitated towards was when I was explaining to them, just like shooting the shit, what League of Legends is about. And I was explaining the roles. The first thing they latched onto is like, okay, but why are there two people in the bot lane? And I sort of talked about that symbiotic relationship and how um, when those two are in sync it's one of like the most powerful assets you can have on a team and they immediately were like cool that's that's the show that's the entire show right there um oh. so that's generally what the story's about it's about whether these two can come together for this team that um has been competing for so long and i never won a championship and this should all sound very familiar uh so yeah that's generally the pitch for players 
You thought you say that and uh this weekend there was an interview uh by the LCS um with Boom and Luger and they were talking how they've been duos for like the last two years and they were kind of trolling about it and having fun. And it was the first time I kind of saw Poom be more vocal in any interviews, to be honest, because the other players take so much room uh, on the team. You know, you can't have five first lollies. You need people who are a little more be like laid back. And just in that interview, I could feel their chemistry and how like it makes a difference. And I, I think before the interview, I didn't realize that. As a non-League of Legends player, um, I've watched League of Legends my whole life, but I never realized that relationship until that interview. And so now that you're saying, hey, that's the whole show, I'm so happy that you guys capitalize on that because it does seem to be making a huge difference um, because in, that, in our situation with CLG, I'm sorry, I'm hugging the mic right now, but in our situation with CLG, I feel that Poom saves Luger or like supports Luger so well. Like the stun that he does and everything that he's been like uh, doing this season, it kind of uh, shows that chemistry that maybe the previous seasons we didn't have between these two players at the bottom. So, whoo, am I right or not, Chris? <laughs> um... I can't actually speak to the dynamic between Luger and Poon that much because I'm not like in the room where they're talking. But I mean, I think like just in general, like, you know, the story between like bot lanes is like a recurring like, you know, storyline throughout LCS history. I mean, obviously, you know, like the big one where I'm guessing a lot of it kind of got inspired from, but like, you know, Aphromoo and Double Lift. Um, not oh, a direct yeah. comparison. So there's no spoilers there. Um, but there's, you know, definitely some like references to that you know relationship um, absolutely I mean, the, the, go ahead I, I was just gonna say like just the concept of naming a bot lane you know it, it, which was is an aspect of the show uh is sort of i know that there were names of other bot lanes um around the world but uh rush hour the clg bot lane was like the first one that we attributed a name to and i feel like it was um taken almost immediately uh so you know that's you know that that was one aspect of the story that they also latched onto. do we have a, a bot name right now on clg i don't think there's a luger boom bot name yeah oh my god we need to i think that chat you guys gotta <laughs> investigate that because we have pala faker we have big dogs and I remember there was a uh, there was a post last week on CLG social about everybody had an alias except it was just Poom. <laughs> and then there's just Poom. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, we need we need a bot alias and also chat. Tell me about your favorite uh, relationship of uh, Pooger. I like that. It's kind of cute. Yo, are we hashtag Pooger? <laughs> I think that's it. I think we found our. <laughs> nice. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think we're starting something. Um. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your relationship or your your role on player uh, or players, because I think that um, why it's so amazing that you were involved is you know sometimes there's video games shows or video games movies and they try their best to to fit with the with the people from within but you always see like a, a slight disconnection with 
or like some things that are kind of cringe. Uh, one of my favorite one recently was Free Guy. It was like at the limit of being cringe, but it was still yeah. kind of decent. You know, it was still kind of good, uh, but it was really close to being cringe. Like super, super cringe. Sometimes jokes are like on the on the on each side. Uh, but other than that, I can't really recall like a good video game movie or series in years outside of arcade, obviously, because that's obviously just a masterpiece. So, uh, yeah, what was your role exactly on, on that one? So, um, uh, essentially, uh, the creators of American Vandal, um, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, mm, which is this yes. like incredible mockumentary series, just, uh, you know. Obviously, outside of players, probably probably the best mockumentary ever made. Um, uh, they knew they wanted to do something about esports because the two of them are diehard sports fans, and uh, they just started attending events, um, you know, finals and all star events, and they were like, "Whoa, this is as big, as energetic as any sports event I've been at. We have to learn more about it." And I was fortunate enough that. Um, when I was at Riot, uh, it was like no secret that I really loved TV and TV writing, and, and that's what I went to school for originally. And uh, when these two fellows were asking around um, for anybody who could give them advice on the scene, and, and they still weren't sure what the show was, uh, my name came up, I got to meet them, we chatted with them, and clearly they had the right idea about uh, one um, one like kind of trope of poorly made video game movies and TV shows is <laughs> they make up the game. And like, there's something about the inauthenticity of making up a game that immediately takes you out if you play video games. And if your general audience, the missing information feels more stark. Um, you're just like, I don't know what any of these words mean. It's gobbledygook. And it's not grounded in people speaking like really about the game because there's no like framework for it. So, with that in mind, uh, they essentially dedicated themselves to being like, okay, let's find out what League Esports is. What is the language of League Esports? Where is the humor in it? Um, and for the year and a half leading into uh, what would eventually be the pandemic and the lockdown, um, I was just coming over to their apartment, teaching them some League, ex you know, expressing some terminology. We would laugh at some things. They would ask me about like, okay, but like, what are you a fan of? And I would talk about CLG and how, you know, we specifically, I would tell the story about like double F's trophy case and CLG not winning for so long. And, and then I was there at Madison square garden when we won. And it was like, to this day, like one of the best moments of my life It was so much fun. I was so excited. I was with my friends. And when I described all of that, um, they would become immediately attached to that concept. Um, specifically the team that like didn't win for so long. They love Double's trophy case and there's like, you know, like slight shadings of that in the show. Um, and um, as they were developing the show and they realized like, ah, okay, we're going to do a bottling story and this sort of thing. Um, one of the things that Tony Ascenda and Dan Prolt do exceptionally well is they communicate what they see in a way that, like, I've never worked with uh, 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 like more defined creatives where they know uh, how to communicate it perfectly to everyone. And so they were working on their pitches, and they would just ask, ask me to tweak details so it sounded authentic, so so their, you know, league terminology was said exactly right. Because 
not only were they going to be pitching this to TV executives, they're going to be pitching it to Riot executives. So, you know, they you can't tell the Riot executives, we're not going to screw up your your stuff and like botch, um, you know, references and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, essentially, my work with them before the show was a show, essentially, was finding the balance between like, how do we make League of Legends interesting, compelling to general audiences, and how do we convince League of Legends and Riot that we're going to do this so respectfully? Um, and they were successful. They they sold the show, and then uh, sometime around March of 2021, Riot was kind enough to essentially let me. With well, a joke, was like go to summer camp. Um, they they let me. <laughs> Uh, go write a TV show or, or be in a, the writer's room for a TV show for 16 weeks or so. Um, the LCS, uh, I, you know, I'll always be very appreciative that they sort of let me do that when uh, they, they could have easily not. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's not in my job description to go write TV shows whenever they pop up. Um, and it was so wonderful. Maybe it was so much fun. And yeah. Um, and uh, and for 16 weeks, we I got uh, a crash course in how to write a TV show, essentially. And um, I, in the room, was constantly translating aspects of the league scene, showing them the content that's like endemic to league fans. Um, breaking point being like a primary jumping off point. Uh, you know, that documentary essentially like, uh, dictated how teams would communicate to fans what's happening behind the scenes for like years onwards and um and then like we ran the gamut of like these are the parts of esports that like no one can ever take away from me that are just amazing we show clips from in the stadiums and and people coming together and then these are the parts that we laugh at and we're embarrassed at uh shaka Rez's gamer tweets is <laughs> a large part of the show uh about um, you know, for the, for the most part, these are just kids with like so much pressure on their shoulders and too much money and the hilarious things that happen in LA. Ms. Harvey, you know, like better than anyone, like when you're in it, I don't, I don't think it's, and one of the things that I was trying to like describe to them when you're in it and young and talented in a game, I don't think you fully comprehend the like scope of where you're competing and the, the audience that you have and how what you say matters so much and essentially describing all those aspects and guiding them through the show where they'll be like hey what's the like esports equivalent of this sports thing and if we made this joke is this like cringe in a good way or cringe in a bad way and like that was a lot of my job was they're like we want this to be like funny but we don't want people to feel like we're you know shitting on gamers here and like okay cool so if you want to do that you can tweak this here and then there will be instances where they're like, wait, would I really want to make this joke? And then uh, Keen Lamb, who is another sort of uh, the, the, the other league expert in the room, um, would object and be like, hey, we can't do this in a way that feels good. And the writers were so awesome. They would be like, cool, sounds good. On to the next idea. And um, that was essentially my experience with the show is just working with these super talented comedy writers who very quickly gained a massive respect for the scene knew when to ask questions about what they did and didn't understand. Um, but like a lot of them played a lot of league. They started watching the LCS and they started like falling in love with it in their own ways. And that's essentially the experience of writing the show. Uh, it was 
part me playing advisor, tweaking language here and there. Um, but largely, uh, I was the cringe police. And, and I would decide what is good cringe and what is bad cringe because esports is a little cringe. Loving loving esports, loving CLG as much as I do is a little cringe. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And that was, uh, it's an endearing part of the show, I think. Um, so yeah, Chris, that's sort of my, uh, my run agree? of the show. Can you Sorry? agree that... Uh... Can you agree that the he did a good job being the cringe police? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we, we kind of spoke about it a little bit before we started, but I think like the show did such a good job of capturing like League of Legends esports history, like in you know eight is it eight episodes? I don't remember exactly how many Ten. episodes it is. Ten episodes. Um, but you know if you've watched you know, League of Legends, competitive League of Legends, you know, for the past 10 years, like, you feel like you're watching almost like, like a retelling of what happened, but like in a completely different package. So it's both like endearing, but still like fun to watch because you don't know what's gonna happen next at the same time. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was like, like, almost perfect in like, how it captured that because there's actually so much stuff that happens that's like ridiculous um, in competitive League of Legends or esports in general. And it happens year over year and like you forget about it. But like this is kind of like reliving all of that in like, you know, a nice bundle. Okay. This has to be on my mind like ASAP. Y'all both sold it to me. Why did I not watch that yet? But uh, for those at home who haven't watched it, it's on Paramount. Plus, I believe, um, which yes. I wonder if it's available in Canada. I assume so, uh, but I'll be I'll be definitely checking it out. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, I believe it is. I have I have a close friend uh, okay. in Canada. Shout out to Dobbs. He I, there was like a whole panic and a half. He was like, "How do I watch it now?" Uh, <laughs> so uh... good. Good to know. Uh, chat, this is your moment to start asking some questions. Uh, the show is already so cool. I can't believe that uh, it's it's already been 30 minutes. Usually that's how long we go for, but I'm gonna take a couple more questions if we have them in chat. Um, I wanna, I, I kinda wanted to ask you a couple questions. I'm gonna put Chris sure. on, on a little bit on the blast. We usually do these, these trivia questions that we ask like um our guests and i wish that i had time to prepare this today because i would have loved having like a super fan versus the historian like ask you both <laughs> CLG questions but what we're gonna do instead is we're gonna ask elias some clg questions um first of all uh chris you can think about one or two i know that you're good with that uh but i'll ask one question um what year were we in Dota? In Dota 2, Elias. I'm never gonna get this one right. I, uh, I'm I'm one of those cringe league players who like just sort of decided like no Dota for sure. I'm going to guess either when was when was TI like ginormous? Was it 2017? Was that the really big one? I'm gonna guess 2017. Chris knows that answer, I think. When I, is it? I don't know the exact answer, but I know it's not 2017. I think it was 2012. Okay. Well, oh, a yeah, lot earlier. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Let me. I, I'm open it. It was. Uh, it was created in 2010. It seems like. 
but I think it was, it was, or yeah, I think it was disbanded in 2012. So Chris, you were right. It kind of was like two years long. Um, while I was asking that, uh, there's a couple of questions that pop in chat. Favorite okay. mom, Degon. Hey, hey, Degon. Hi. Favorite mom and make it in. So, favorite moment, Elias, that didn't make it in the show that you can share? My favorite moment that didn't make it in the show. Oh, that's uh, that I can share makes it really difficult. Um, oh, uh, this is this is not going to be super esports related, uh, and and it's a little spoilery. But for I'm going to keep it as like general as possible. There is a scene after the Toblerone scene in the uh in the reunion episode where organism and cream cheese like go over this photo of a dude that they you see earlier in the episode that everyone is gushing about how much weight they've lost and cream cheese essentially asks organism do you think this guy is hot and then organism is like no and then cream cheese pops off about like, yeah, he's totally not hot. And there's just something about that that I find so exceptionally hilarious. Um, and for those of you that watch the episode, you realize that cream cheese gets very self-conscious about how this guy is getting so much praise. It's so funny. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a scene that uh, I'm sad didn't make it through. Um, as far as like esports things, um, we had such a limited time in the show. Uh, I think it would have been cool if we had time, and I understand why it had to be cut, to show, like, scrim culture a little bit mm. in the show. It's it's pretty missing. Um, you know, it, it was one of the, like, first things that got cut because it's... Because it, of a lot of reasons. Um, and, uh, you know, they're 30-minute episodes, and we have limited time, but... Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's another like esports aspect of things that I find really interesting, and um, we do a pretty good job of communicating how much they're playing. But I think that aspect of it would have really hammered it home. That's really cool. Uh, some insider insider stuff. Uh, Kevin PPU is asking, do you have a moment in players that you feel was inspired like directly with the CLG history? I know you talked oh, maybe yeah. a little bit earlier. But I mean, from yeah. One, like, I mean. Uh, first of all, uh, PPU, big fan. Uh, big, big fan. I uh, started started watching Smash with some Pew Fat. I got into platform fighters that way, so you rock. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it, essentially, the, a lot of the bot lane stuff, it started with that storytelling, but um, I think the story of Fugitive should feel eerily similar about like so many years competing and and there was a legacy fandom, and there was the person who made the team, and they still haven't won. And, um, you know, this idea of, like, a butting heads bot lane eventually coming together, like, that's all that's all CLG, baby. Um, so <laughs> it's a lot of that. Like, at, I, I guess, like, the, the like, podcasty like, version of this is to say that, like, if I wasn't a CLG fan, I don't. I don't think I would have been able to convince Tony and Dan that maybe this isn't true, but I feel like Tony and Dan were really hammered home when I would talk about like the tragedy of a CLG fan for so long that they were like, cool, this is like, this is sports stories. This is, this is the, the story of Fugitive. So it's definitely a mix of both, but yeah, a lot of it comes from me like 
just hammering home how the joke in the writers' room became very quickly. There's like that's Elias. He's a CLG fan and he's miserable. Like, and and when we were writing it, the team was still figuring things out, um, and we were losing. And they would check in on me and and they're just like, hey, how's CLG doing? I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, that bit of joking fandom it became a big part of the show in the in a way. So, um, yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, Pino Grigio is asking, "What's your who's your favorite? Do you have a favorite player in the history of League CLG?" I think that's a good question. Oh, that is such a cool question. My favorite player in the history of League is CLG. Um, I think it can't not be Aframu. Aframu, outside of like. The story of him role swapping, uh, to speak frankly, you know, uh, this the, the league scene is uh, has very few people who I feel like like I can see myself in and and like uh, as you know, as a brown man, like I see a lot of so I latch onto any that I can because I just want to cheer for them and I want to see them succeed, and so I latched onto Aframu, and the choice of role swapping. Um, and then how like the role swap didn't go perfectly. Like he he joined, and then I believe if I remember correctly, they moved him off. Chowster came back, and then then they swapped again when Aframu was like kind of ready. Uh, and their meteoric rise into like an, a sort of in uh, you know dominable bot lane. Um, and then his Af his MSI run where like Aframu is the only North American player who ever dictated a meta in in an international tournament. So it's impossible for Aframu not to be my favorite CLG player of all time. Even, you know, wherever he competes from now on, he will always have that part in my heart. Close second is Ix Smithy for, like, similar reason. You know, he, yeah. when he plays, he, like, controls... He controlled the way people played, and, you know, there was... Uh, when, when that aspect, those, those pillars of the CLG team uh, had to go, you know, and moved on, it, was, it felt like, yeah, that was the end of a very distinct era, but... So, you know, Aphromoo mm -hmm. and Nick Smithy, I think, will, like, forever have a place in my heart. It's definitely Nick Smithy for me. Uh, also, because I got to know... Well, I got to know both as friends, and they're both awesome. But there was something with uh, with Nick Smithy where he was just good in every video game he played. So we were able to play yeah. CS or play whatever. <laughs> a little bit like Double Lift. Shout out to Double Lift playing Street Fighter with a keyboard and yeah. doing really good while doing it. Um, Chris, who's your favorite DLG League of Legend player? I've been trying to think about that while you guys were talking. Um, it's like I feel like from like a from outside like perspective, I would have chosen like Aframu probably, but it's weird because like I don't know. I I started I joined the organization like right when that happened, and I feel like you kind of lose that like that uh. Kind of like fan uh fanboyness like once you start working mm -hmm. with like the actual players because then like you actually get to know them and like you kind of close that distance so i would say maybe like i don't know hotshot or even double lift and chowster <laughs> like that era and Link, I, 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 I can't name everyone, so like I'll just say sure. George, but I, it's also fake because I also did get to know him as a person. 
Um, but yeah, like, like I kind of, I've told the stories before and if Link ever sees this, uh, I'm sorry, but, um, I think like Chowster and Link like visited the Arcadia house like a few times and I was so nervous to say hi. I just never did. Like I just avoided them <laughs> that entire time. And, uh, I also met like Link at a party and like I completely fanboy and fumbled my words and it was so cringe. Um, but like when I start talking to like any other player, like like players of this current era, you know, you just you know that they're people. So mm-hmm. like, you know, you just talk to them normally. But like that that twinge of like fan like being a fanboy, like still exists for like the players that like um that you know I was a fan of when I was like outside of the organization. So it's like very different. In, in that aspect Chris, it was the exact same thing for me. When I joined the LCS, I joined in the end of 2016. And I remember that distinct shift where working on the the player stories from the broadcast perspective sort of just changed, like, how it felt about them. Um, You know, I would review the, the, like, the raw footage of them, and you see them more as people. And I'm still fan, but it's it's, it's such a different way, as I'm sure you feel. Um... And uh, and then, uh, like you said, when you see them as people, you get less like nervous to be around them. I, I remember being around not a CLG player, but Medios, and like get uh-huh. being nervous for the first time. And then, like a few months later, after, uh, him remembering my name, it was just such a very strange very phenomenon. Strange. And now there's like all the pros are so nice and they remember who you meet and, or who they meet and whatnot. But I remember the first time a pro said my name and they were just like, Elias. And I was like, Whoa, y- you know who I am. And like, that's such a cool experience for, uh, you know, when I used to watch them, like I would share a room cause I made no money in New York city watching on my phone, uh, while they're like at MSI or something. So it's, it's such a cool phenom. Yeah. I feel that also videos has this, very interesting presence like even if you oh, didn't yeah. know he was a star you would feel like he, he he like there's something about him when he's in real life with you is like really tall and he just really he speaks really deep and really slow and it just those kind of people also like i don't know his presence no matter who yeah exactly that's the word i was looking for there's something about him uh chris did you have a question for elias on the trivia trivia side were you able to, to think oh, of one? Uh, I don't know if this one's appropriate, so I wouldn't say what it is, but do you remember who created the Breakfast of Champions? This is like such an no. obscure question. No, that's so obscure. <laughs> okay. What is it? Uh, I actually, I mean, it's just like an alcoholic like concoction, um, but it was like back in like 2011 when like there were lands and i know elements like he would vlog and oh you would see how like before their matches like they would just take shots of alcohol <laughs> before oh before they go to land and i thought it was kind of crazy but i just remember that um so I, yeah i thought that's where like the inspiration for like the hot sauce shots were it it is uh okay. i i i like uh i ju- the you know the term breakfast of champions never came up but the curse stuff, specifically the curse house stuff with Saint and uh, Elements, was a big yeah. aspect of that storytelling about mm-hmm. the like we're the bad boys, we party and stuff like that. 
So when you said that, that awakened something like deep and in the back of my brain, I was like, whoa, that's a term yeah. I missed. I just like vividly remember like there's this, I don't know if it's still up there, but there's like this vlog where I think it's like I am Katowice or something. Like it's some, some land in, in Europe and like you just see them like waking up each other and like saying like, all right, it's time for the breakfast of champions and they're all taking shots and then like they go yeah. out to compete. Like. <laughs> Holy oh, shit, no. even, even, even me in my young days would never do that before a tournament. That's hardcore. Yeah, I don't think it was all of them. I think it was just like elements and like maybe one other person in right. that vlog. But I'll try to find it absolutely it inspired this. some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I could keep you forever, but we, <laughs> uh, we want to make sure to respect your time. Um, hot topics to follow this week, Elias. Well, obviously we talked about the the playoffs uh, that will mm -hmm. start this weekend. So I'm gonna put again the slides because you guys can see that we are all gonna be on Sunday, but it actually starts on Saturday. It's gonna be Team Liquid and FlyQuest for the first best of five. Really interesting to follow all of these games because they're all best of fives, which to go from a BO1 to a best of five, is bizarre. I think um, how I see it, I see that um, personally, I think that we should see more best of threes throughout the season of best of twos. But that's just me because I'm a CLG fan and I feel so sad when they're done with their games during the day. I just want to watch more games. But yeah, so there's going to be a big, uh, a big event. Our game is uh, a Sunday. I think it's at 1230 TST, if I'm not mistaken. It's either one 12.30 or 1.30, it's a different time for Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then 12.30, perfect. And then the winner plays EG the week after, so we can talk about that on the next episode. Um, also, we have our first ESCA match of this new season, season 42. So the Red Girls are going to kick it with their new roster. Three matches this week, one tomorrow, one Wednesday night, as well as one Friday. All of this is going to be broadcasted on this channel and i was able to lock a woman co-caster today so i'm pretty excited that we are gonna have a women as well as uh anybody else it could be two women who knows this week nice. uh but we really excited to see her debut as she is a Fortnite caster and she's gonna she loves to see us so she's gonna give it a shot today uh tomorrow our name is apple so let's Let's make sure to tune in tomorrow night. I think our first game is at 7 p.m. PST, and then it changes every day. So make sure to check out our social media. Um, what else do we have? Well, the regular stuff, I'm sure Apex is competing. They compete every week. Uh, is, Academy is over, right? If I'm not mistaken. Chris, do you know that? Uh, proving, grounds, proving Grounds should be ongoing. So I think for now, the Academy and the Fate oh, team yeah. are probably taking a break. Uh, but yeah. Um, that is still ongoing, so that, that sounds right. I like how the only person that doesn't work at CLG knows more about the CLG schedule. That, I, it's only because <laughs> I work on LCS, and, and I have to know that stuff. Uh, so um, that that sounds correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Do you think I'm forgetting anything, Chris? Oh, we have new shows this week as well. We have uh, Eating and Feeding is going to be our episode five. It's Wednesdays this week. It's going to be uh, UJ, our fighting game intern. He's going to be playing on the broadcast for an hour. So make sure to tune in. And uh, we're, we will announce 
the next Samsung Open event really soon. I'm excited for the game. So follow our social media, follow this channel. Thank you so much for everyone who followed us today. Let's plug whatever you want to plug. Let's start with you, Elias. Uh, I, uh, for Riot, I produce the dive and this and that. Uh, those are available on the LCS YouTube channels. Um, uh, tune into playoffs. Uh, this is, if you're, you haven't been following the LCS, uh, for some reason, this is the most exciting playoffs we had in quite some time. Uh, you should be tuning in. Uh, and then watch, uh, players on Paramount Plus. Uh, it's a love letter to esports. Uh, if you like esports, you're going to like the show, I promise you. Um, and, uh, that's about it. Chris, anything you want to plug? Um, no, uh, you don't need to follow me. I don't really post anything interesting <laughs> other, than, other than TFT and theology stuff. Um, I was about to say TFT but, stuff. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. There's going to be something coming out this week in terms of merch. So just be on the lookout for that. So if you're going to buy anything, it's just pull awesome. off. Awesome. It's quite awesome. Uh, check out, yeah, uh, you know, there's people in chat play Academy plays tomorrow against AOE. All right, thank you, Brock. Plug the Discord, we have a fan Discord. Oh, yeah. Make sure to do in it. Uh, I do believe it's just discord.gg slash DL gaming, but Chris, oh, it's just CLG. Great. Uh, also, a few times two work at CLG. He posted our last LCS YouTube video that just came out. Make sure to go check it out. Thank you so much for Spectrum for week after week uh, produce or helping us power this show. We will be back with this week in CLG, not next week. We are doing a bi-weekly show these currently these days. So not this next week, a little bit later, but we have three broadcasts this week for CLG uh, Red as well as the eating and feeding. A staff ran broadcast, so make sure to tune in. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Elias. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Thank Have you. a great week, everyone.